And hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Is Our Year, Minnesota Vikings podcast. Tough game for the Vikings this week. They lose uh, 34-26 to to San Francisco at Levi's Stadium on Sunday. Uh, not only do we lose, it was also a tough week for injuries as well, as Anthony Barr and Christian Derrissaw were forced out of the game. So we'll keep an eye on their status uh, going into this next week. Though, uh, also, the bigger news on that, some have said that Dalvin Cook has torn his right labrum and dislocated his shoulder, but Zimmer said that that isn't true. So who really knows what happened? Um, really, we can just hope that it's not a season-ending injury and he'll only be out for a few weeks. Yeah, Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer has said that he's day-to-day and that he may even be ready to go like this coming week. So I have no idea what to believe right now. I just... Yeah. I agree with you. It's very confusing. We've had several different reports on this injury in this last month. Um, not last month, this last couple of days. Uh, and I mean, to remember, Cook has played with this injury before. I don't know if that's really reassuring. That doesn't make me feel better about it. But he has at least played last season. He had a very similar injury to his other labrum. And he played. Yeah, he tore through- his left labrum before. So. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I've heard I've heard he may be out until playoffs, and then I've heard, like what you guys just said, he may be ready to go this week. Yeah, so definitely, definitely something to keep an eye on, and we'll keep you updated on all of that. Also, Patrick Peterson has been placed on the COVID-19 reserve. He is vaccinated, so just that means... Just when we got him back. What? Just when we got him back. Yeah, right, right. Though, I mean, we could be getting him back. He's vaccinated, so that means with two negative COVID tests 24 hours apart, he has a chance to play against mm-hmm. the Lions. But we'll keep you updated on that as news comes on. Uh, anyway, let's get into this game. It, was, uh, it wasn't pretty. First half was a little bit better than the second half for sure. But uh, It's been the story of the season. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. Second half, we really had a meltdown. And again, it's yeah. – it's, it's the same story. It's that the last two minutes of the half, we we seem to melt down. Yeah, that one play, I mean, especially when Kirk lined up on, under the wrong guard. Uh, he wasn't even on center. I think he was on the right guard. Yeah. But, I mean, that whole play, it wasn't even just Kirk. I don't even – there was Justin Jefferson, one other receiver, weren't even on the field to begin the play. Kirk had a – if you guys noticed that, he had to pretty much run to the sideline and be like, get on the field. We're going for this. We're going for this. And I think that that kind of just speaks to, you know, the way that this team has been all year. You know, I didn't expect us to go for it. How I many mean, players that was, that was very to go bold. for it? it they were cool. all leaving. They all left the field because they're like, oh, well, we're the Vikings. And then yeah, at I mean, that yeah, point, that... it was too late. Time was running off the clock. Kirk was lined up under the wrong guy. It almost looked like they were going to direct snap it right to Madison. Jefferson that whole was... sequence was just a mess. It was. No, it was horrible. It was... It only Nobody, ended up costing us a timeout, so, I mean. But that timeout cost us the game. Now, I think if we had an extra timeout at the end of this game, we wouldn't have been so rushed. We wouldn't have had to – we could have played a different style. We could have played slower. So, that – I mean, in, in my opinion, that was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, it could have made a difference, but ultimately, I, I don't know. I, I think people like to point at that as, like, Oh, Kirk was lined up under guard. Are you kidding me? This is our guy. 
No, I, and like I said, I don't blame Kirk. He literally, I mean, yes, that sucks that he went there and that's a, a big mess up, but he was lined up original if his, if his receivers just were on the field. If we had, like you said, Mikey, if we just, if we knew, or Carrie, you might have said this, if we just knew what we were doing at that moment, if we actually knew the play, there's so many little things on that beginning of that, before that snap could even take place that just caused us to go into kind of almost a panic mode. It was a meltdown yep. on all fronts. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Niners are probably one of the most underrated teams in the NFL at this point now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to give, and I mean, we like, there's a lot of things we called and we got right. The Adam Phelan uh, touchdown, my score prediction was horrendously off, but another, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Another thing that I said was going to happen and it happened to us is I said, once they throw one of those trick Debo Samuel plays at us, we're going to get blown up because we just, we look, we don't look clean under, uh, under these wildcat running plays or these really elaborate uh, trick plays. We just, we, it just throws us off. It's basically like playing rock, paper, scissors and always playing paper and scissors is coming. <laughs> yeah, it no, it was, just a, it was a jumble. Like we didn't know what to expect. And that's something that's the 49ers are really good at. That's kind of what you expect when you go up against, you know, a Kyle Shanahan coach team. You expect kind of these wild, wacky things. But I don't know. The biggest thing that happened, we allowed two over 200 rush yards this game. I mean, yeah, but then again, you got to give credit to Debo Samuels had 67 of those. Yeah, it's I mean, true. I mean, but Elijah Mitchell was able to get a lot of them too. I mean – and that game would have gone a whole lot differently had we had our healthy line. I, no, I guarantee it. Yeah. I agree with you, Kerry. We said that last episode. We said we're playing with B and C team. Like we were, they were going to run the ball on us no matter what, and we weren't going to be able to stop it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their pass game wasn't anything to really write home about. I mean, the, Jimmy Garoppolo no. went seventeen for twenty six. That was a 65% completion percentage, uh, 230 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, nothing to write home about. Uh, with Kirk, too, I mean, nothing too special. 20 for 32, 62 and a half uh, completion percentage, 238 yards, two touchdowns, and that interception. You know, yeah. these things also- happen. I, and, you know, Kirk's been great about interceptions all year. It's those types of interceptions that are just maddening, though, because it's right down the middle, yeah. and it's like he he thinks he makes the right read, but then it's just he doesn't think on the fly, you know? Yeah, it, that was I – mean, It was a bad pass, but, I mean, throughout the league, it was a bad week for a lot of QBs. Um, a lot of QBs were throwing interceptions, uh, the two most efficient so far, and – Touchdown to interception ratio this season. Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz both threw interceptions. Carson Wentz, I think, what did he throw three interceptions? Even Tom Brady threw a couple interceptions. Like it was a good defensive week for uh, cornerbacks and safeties and free safeties out there in this league. Yeah, uh, that is that is true. Uh, unfortunately, uh, defensive defensively speaking, that's not really one of the Vikings strengths. So we weren't really able to capitalize on that. We were able to get the one interception on the 49ers opening drive, but other than that, we weren't really able to 
generate much of anything on defense. Yeah, that no. was a huge defensive boost right away, and I was like, wow. I mean, we're looking really confident out there, and then just it all blows up. I mean, especially when Dalvin went down. And, I mean, it sucked that he fumbled it on the injury play. It, like, it just – that threw us off. Because, in my opinion, I mean, there was three things we could have done, I think, to change the outcome in this game. Like you said, Mikey, Kirk not just throwing on the fly and having a bad read, prevent that interception. Um, having preventing, – preventing Dalvin from fumbling and getting from that injured play. If either, if either he didn't get injured or he didn't fumble um, – we wouldn't have given them a ball in such a prime position because I believe they scored off that as well. And then at the same time, not wasting that time out. Uh, those were just three plays throughout the game, in my opinion, that were just the catalyst in making us lose the game. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And some would say also maybe a little bit of, you know, trouble from the referees. Some would say that. I don't like to go there, but some would say that. Yeah, I mean, shout out to my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Moore. Um, he gave me a quote and when I learned in fifth grade, and it stuck with me all the way here for any sports. Uh, the ref, even when the ref is wrong, they are right. What? Even when the refs are wrong, they are right. That's just... Yeah, I heard you. Goes, I don't get it. <laughs> you just don't go with it. It's, it's set in stone. Um, I mean, we're now getting a little bit more of liberties with instant replay, but... I mean, still in the NFL, typically that first, whatever the refs call on that initial play is basically going to stand almost like it's so hard, even with instant replay sometimes, because you have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that it happened. And I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Washington uh, Seahawks game last night. There was a play of which uh, they called it a touchdown. And I was kind of shocked that they overturned it even with the goal line. I think it was the pass. I mean, to, I think it was Logan Thomas that got yeah, it. I think, yep. But um, it's just, yeah, you just kind of you got to take what the refs are going to call. They're going to call it, and you just got to deal with the cards you're dealt. Right. I think at this point, if uh, I mean, we saw it, you know, last week and the week before. You know, if the Vikings can continue to just go with the pass, throw the deep ball to you know Jefferson and Thielen, the rules are kind of made right now, like to help. It's yeah, it's made so it's harder to fail if you play that way, you know, like they're going to favor the receiver a lot of the time. And like you said, Carrie, like some of the officiating was a little questionable, like the defensive pass interference no call on uh KJ Osborne. That was that was the big one that got That was yeah. a little puzzling. I'll give you that. And there's a lot of those and the the catch that wasn't the catch for Adam Thielen. That one I understand a little bit more. I guess they they say that they need what what's the wording on it? They need uh, without well, a shadow. Well, if they with beyond a shadow of a doubt, but then they also if they cannot reason on those sorts of catches, why they would need to overturn it? Like if the evidence isn't directly there, they just stick with the call on the field. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was actually today I was listening to Luke Braun. I don't know if you follow Luke Braun at all on Twitter. I was listening to him talk about uh, his proposition for some, some new officiating things. And I kind of think it's a cool idea to send a lot of these calls like that. Just send it to replay. Don't have a call on the field. Just send it to replay and get the call right the first time, you know, because oftentimes they have to just defer back to that call on the field. Mm -hmm. I think it would make the game a lot less frustrating for everybody. 
I know, but then you start taking out such a prestigious element of football and the officiating. And we have to remember they are just as much of a part of this league as uh, as anything. And I get we're moving in technology, but there's you got to keep them part of it. They've been a part of this league since the beginning as well. So I don't know. I think when you go straight to instant replay, you lose a lot. You don't hear what happens on the field, especially now in the how the league has been changing with taunting and stuff. You need to have uh, you need to have ears also on the field as much, and also because like. I don't know. I think it's you kind of have to trust in human and there's going to be human error. But uh, I mean, we do get the I think we should rely more on the kind of like more of the video and have people maybe in New York be a bigger part of the game. They have become like especially in the last two minutes of quarter of halves. I mean, they become instrumental. They're basically the main refs at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they can interfere at any time. They can review any play. They don't have to nobody has to submit a play for review at any time in the game. They can do it. Yes, I do. There are some weird guideline rules where um, I think the refs on the, like there are certain times in the game where refs on the field have more pride. Their say has a little more priority than I think the guys in New York and on camera. But I know I'd like, I think all overtime, all fourth quarter. And I think all like plays within like the last two minutes are under review. Yeah. Well, well can you do? football and it's a weird talking officiating at this point. Yeah, I I I, I kind of tend to stay away from talking officiating because like all it really is going to do is just make me mad most of the time. Yeah, true. <laughs> Good on you, Mike. We can try to focus on I don't know other things that that are also not in our control, but um, things that feel a little bit more in our control. I got <laughs> one. That I think we need to talk about. Um. Do the Minnesota Vikings hot take here? And a big question: Do we have the best kick returner in the entire league? League? Oof! You know, I mean, at this point, thing. yeah, he needs a Pro Bowl nod because, like, I'm, like, is he the only kick returner in the league with two touchdowns? He is. No, I think there might. May, is he? Or I, I, I think this was, season he is. Is it only two, or does he have three already? Because he, he only has two. He he got one against the Ravens, and he got one this week. Did he get a punt return as well? Because I feel like I just I've seen a, one more like Minnesota special team like return. You're just uh, D.D. Westbrook the had a, a pretty big one, but it okay. wasn't a touchdown. I don't think. Okay. Austin, you're seeing a vision into the future. I can only hope, but honestly, I mean, he's looking good. I don't. I think we were talking earlier in the week, and we made it. I made a good point when we were talking about this, and you kind of agreed that. I mean, with Dalvin down, do we want to put him, have more touches at running back? At, I mean, at this point, we have to. It's necessity. He, he will get a couple more touches. But honestly, I think as, as of right now, his most valuable thing he can give to this team is playing special teams. I think, I think eventually, I mean, sooner rather than later, apparently, especially if Dalvin isn't good to go for a while, he's going to be learning more of the playbook. And I think a lot of it, you could tell watching this game, he was hesitant lining up. He didn't really know everything. But after we waved Amir Abdullah and we lost him to the Panthers, Kenan Wangu is our uh, running back three. So obviously the Vikings staff trusts him enough to put him in that kind of an emergency running back position. And I think this week in practice is going to be probably very telling. And this upcoming game, I expect him to get more than just, you know, one carry. 
I also I, did see that the Vikings uh, worked out carry on Johnson, the former uh, Detroit Lions running back. Um, I saw that too. Yeah, so there's there's maybe room there. Um, you know, some people are saying that we need to bring back Adrian Peterson, but I honestly don't really think he would fit well in the scheme. I agree. I don't. I don't think we should bring him back. Well, the one thing I would maybe say is, uh, I mean, if you were to, I'm always, I always like the like legend returning back to their stadium at least just to say goodbye. We got it with Randy Moss for a game and he got a touchdown. If we were to grab Adrian Peterson, I think I, I think he too would maybe like to retire as a Minnesota Viking, like on the team, even if it's for a game or two. And I think he's a, he's a power back that could be good on like short plays. But I mean, we have CJ Hammock. Uh, he's so slow. I, I know with, we have with our line. offensive line, we are not a running team right now. And the last thing, if, if we're letting guys get to Dalvin cook, you know, when he's allegedly like super speedy and awesome, you know, there's, we'd have stand zero chance with old slow ass Adrian Peterson in the back. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And to be honest, I mean, the only reason I could see it happening is like Adrian Peterson's coming home to retire. Um, Right. If they tried to do kind of like a Mark Ingram thing, like how he's doing with the saints, yeah, basically I, just kind of being like – and, I mean, I like when NFL and pro teams do it. I like when the NBA does it. I like when uh, they sign a contract just to come home because, let's be honest, Adrian Peterson is the greatest running back the Minnesota Vikings has ever had. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, th- for other reasons, I don't necessarily want him coming back either. But He's going to retire. Yeah. He's going to retire his number. But Yeah, they, they will. Yeah. Uh, and but at the moment, I mean, come on, the best option for this team is Alexander Madison. He's oh yeah, without he, a doubt. I I don't want Dalvin playing this week. He's got hurt. Give him the time off. Madison has proved, I think, within the last two seasons now, he can just go off on the Detroit Lions. He did it earlier this year, and let's just let him do it again. Not only that, this team has proven already that you know even without Dalvin Cook, it. it we talked about it. I sound like a broken record. We just we, we can rely on our passing game. We're not a run first team anymore. We're averaging under four yards. Of, I, I believe we're averaging under four yards of carry for almost every game this year. Yeah, I got a fun. I got a fun hot take. Um, I don't think Wang Wu. I don't think Adrian Peterson. I don't think anybody else is going to come to the running back position. But I do think we are going to see C.J. Ham get some more volume. <laughs> no, it's like he's a great athlete. He's honestly one of the best athletes on the on our offense. I mean, honestly, he's a pass catcher too. He he. Uh, usually, it doesn't go for big gains, but no, but I, hands. I think we can start relying on him a little bit more on maybe like a third or fourth down play, uh, not third or fourth down run play. If you see it, um. Especially if it's short, I think give it to him. I think he's big enough, strong enough that he can just kind of literally bully ball his way through the the line just to get us a short game to the first down and be a little more efficient, I think, than with Alexander Madison or Dalvin Cook have been this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see it. I think offensively, like we honestly don't really have that much to worry about. I think just stay the course. Obviously, we didn't get it to Jefferson as much as we would have hoped. He had four catches. I think we, we, we're setting a standard. We hope for a little bit more than that. 
you know, and clearly I think that would have helped. Well, it can't always be a Jefferson game. Today was the, this game was a Thielen game. He played very well. Thielen was the guy that was getting open. Um, and we said it, Jefferson is going to pull double coverage. He's going to get defenders double teaming him. He's going to pull eyes off areas of the field and players like Conklin um, and Thielen are going to be able to reap in these benefits. Um, yeah. We're in this game. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's true. I know in this game in particular, there were a few times I felt like there were some poorly placed balls uh, on like fourth downs and stuff like that. There were a few mm-hmm. that just kind of went went right by him. And I don't know that it was all his fault. There was just something with – Kirk they wasn't entirely like, accurate on Sunday. Was, and I think uh, more than that, like he got his targets. Jefferson definitely got his targets, but they just weren't able to connect. And we just hope to get better on that. Yeah, I mean, Justin was burning Josh Norman for most of that game. I mean, Norman really had to hold him. And I think that's been the the key to Justin Jefferson's success this year is just his matchups. And, I, you know, we'll talk about it more in the next episode, but he's got another great matchup against Detroit this week. I mean, he burned them the last time that we played them. Well, Mm -hmm. the thing I've noticed in, like, what you even said earlier, Mikey, with how the game is designed for the wide receiver position – it's almost – it's worth going deep because especially if you catch a guy not ready yet or a little, like, not loose enough or going at his full pace, he's probably going to play a little dirty on a play and a, rat, a play is going to get called. And then a player has to play in check from their fourth because they got hit with a penalty. And it's going to just open up plays. They won't be able to play as close. And I agree. I think this game against Detroit is literally let's – Start off throwing, playing hot. We didn't get a touchdown on our first drive in this last game, and that also was a point that a nail in the coffin that affected us. We need to score on that first drive because we know we're going to let up a touchdown in the last two minutes of that first half. Gosh, we, got, we know we will. We got to so, compensate. Yeah, you know. Okay, hot take though. I mean, I think despite this, maybe it wasn't like a super flashy Kirk Cousins game, and obviously it wasn't a win. So in the end, it wasn't what we want, but. This, I mean, this is an anomaly for Kirk, I think. I think he's he's the glue that holds this team together. The, yeah. the way that this team is built, it, they need him to be perfect. I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, if Kirk isn't perfect, and, and I've said it too, because like it, it's all about different perspectives. They say, oh, if Kirk isn't perfect, then we can't win. But like the Vikings are built that he needs to be perfect or they can't win. Yep. Very true. Like I think we, we rely, I think, a little bit too much on him. Like, he throws an interception. He throws a bad interception like he did that time, not on a Hail Mary. It's over. No, it's and over, I, yep. basically. I mean, look at and one look interception at game. Baltimore. Look at Baltimore. Lamar threw four interceptions on Sunday night, and they still came back and won because that team is built to compensate that defensively. The Vikings, if the Vikings had done that, if Kirk had thrown four interceptions, Vikings fans would have lost – their minds, they would have been demanding that we send Kirk into the sun. <laughs> no, you're true. And I agree, Mikey. Like, it's, the game we had today wasn't even the worst that a lot of other QBs who won this last week had. Mm-hmm. And it's the defense is the weak spot, but there's no hiding behind it. Our defense is just going to let up points. We're not going to be able to take a lead. We're not going to be able to hold a team below 10 points. And if we do hold a team below 10 points, our offense sure sure as hell is not getting us more than 10 points. It's just that's <laughs> how the Vikings are set up. 
Yeah, yeah, they will. They will keep it a close game, no matter no matter the circumstances. We allowed over 200 yards on the ground. Time of possession, we had only 23 minutes. 49ers had 37. It's you know th- that can't happen. You can't win games like that. It's surprising yeah. that we were able to keep it a one score game. But I really, agree. what it comes I'm down so to, so surprised that we did not get blown out. I mean, the, obviously, the score would look a lot worse if we hadn't had that kick return touchdown. But hey. Kick return touchdowns, they're a part of the offense. You know, that's that, a touchdown. That is a touchdown. And it's just, you know, it's, you hear in the game of football, and I like if you guys were ever on a football team and or if you've been like coached by it, you always hear by every coach you'll ever have that if you can score on special teams, you, you can win the game. You're you just it puts you in such an advantage at scoring at special teams. And we've done it twice this year and we lost both games. Mm hmm. I mean, really, it comes down to we don't have playmakers on defense anymore. The ones that we do have, they are they're out. So Please come back soon, Everson. Yeah. Okay, that, that being said, we have so many defensive people on short-term deals. So now, what do we do with Daniel Hunter? And what do we do with Michael Pierce? I believe Dalvin Tomlinson is on a longer-term deal. I think he's on a three-year deal, but he's like one of the only one of these only off-season acquisitions that isn't on a one-year deal. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Do we do we look at the draft? I, I know yeah. with the Daniel Hunter thing, uh, there's like a certain day where like money becomes guaranteed and we have to decide if we're going to move on or if we're going to keep him. I think at this point we kind of have to keep him. To me, he is he's done enough to prove that the defense yeah. is much better with him. So – I don't know if we can work out some other kind of deal to maybe like put us in this situation where we are now and push that a year down the line when the salary cap gets a little bit bigger, gives, you know, him another chance, gives us another chance, lets him get an opportunity at a big payday, whether it's with us or with another team. That's what I think. No, I agree. I think he is the best defender out there in, it's just a shame that we have so many defenders that haven't played because once – I mean, if Michael Pierce can come back, if all these players can come back and play, you're right. We we only have them for, like, one more year because of just, like, contracting. And it's – got to start to wonder, is it going to be a rebuild time? And if we start rebuilding an offense – a defense, I mean, I'm scared we might give <laughs> Zimmer an extension as well. No, because... the thing that I'm afraid of is we're going to run out of time with our offensive guys. Like, no, these true. things take time. I understand what they're trying to do with, you know, picking up all of these guys on defense in the offseason. Do I think it was a bad idea? No. They I just haven't been available. They have not been but, available. No, no. And, like, you could get any guys, and if they're not available, like, it's just not good. But, like, we got the best guys I think we could. And yeah. that's really all that you can ask from management. Like, and you know, my whole thing with the Vikings is I always feel like, and you kind of made a really good point with it, Mikey, kind of like saying the teams are built, like our offensive window is now. Like I can tell our offensive window is this current period, like within the last like probably year or two, but our defensive period was like four or five, almost four five years ago. Like, if we could have had that 2017-2018 defense and then have, like, this offense now, 
we would have just been so much better. It's just I feel like our teams, our defense got gassed a few with uh, these last couple of seasons, and our offense is just ready to get going. Gosh, yep. do you guys remember when our biggest problem on defense was Xavier Rhodes? <laughs> oh, how I long for those days once again. Yeah, I mean, where it was just like you knew who they were going to throw to. You just knew they were going to throw it on him. But It was predictable, if at least, you know. It's something new all the time now. Yeah, I know. I like Breland. I really like him. Yeah, I don't know he's... what you guys think about him, but I just I see a lot of I see a lot of uh, potential. I see he's this guy. Around. Him, but... He's come around. I think he's starting to buy in a little bit. He's starting to get comfortable with the system uh, I, again. But I think he's on a one year deal too. So who knows what the future holds for him? I want an if any. He deserves an extension. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. I think it's too early to say anybody deserves an extension. Deserves an extension right now. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, we still have quite a bit of season left. Uh, we still need to see how this thing shakes out. Um, it, I mean, if we uh, – this is my hot take for next year. Go for it, yeah. But if we lose to Detroit, we need to clean house <laughs> that game after that game. Yeah, so, there's going to be a lot. If we lose to Detroit, yeah, that's a big Heads state. are going to roll. Depends on how we lose. I mean, I guess if it if it ends up being a Kirk Cousins three interception game where he just looks terrible, I don't know. Maybe the conversation's changing on Kirk Cousins again. But that's just what he does. He he always has the conversation changing about him. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't want to put that out into the world. But I don't know. If we lose the way that we've been losing, I don't know that much changes. I think we we've talked about this. I. And maybe this is, I don't know what kind of a reaction this is, but I feel like overall, we don't really need to change the conversation we've been having the last few weeks. We don't have to pretend that the big wins against the Chargers and the Packers didn't happen. Like, and I feel like that that's what happens whenever we have a tough loss. You know, we seem to forget about the the big moments that we just had. Granted, we can't get over 500 yet, but maybe someday. But those are still big moments, you know. I mean, yeah. we do have the Detroit game, and I mean, it's kind of like I'm almost like uh, I'm kind of kicking, kicking myself for looking at the schedule like this because we're losing to 49ers, and now we're getting Detroit. And I mean, come on, the we're going to be the the favorite to win this pretty much in every poll. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just doesn't build my confidence enough coming off of a loss because I'm like, yeah, even if we beat Detroit, everyone beats Detroit. Yeah, you don't feel good about going to face the Steelers. Like, that's another one that feels like you could very well be overhyped and underprepared. But, hey, yeah, we also – do we we still face the Steelers, don't we? Yeah, we face them Thursday night after we face the um, Lions. Yes, I love that. I love that. I I like it. I don't love it. We'll see how that goes. Oh, but – yeah. But hot take – here, I guess this is, uh, I think, a good question for our next episode, but I just want to put it out there. Um, Alexander Madison facing the Lions. Hot take. I think he could make a claim for why he should be the starting running back here in Minnesota. All right. This is a conversation that needs to wait until the next episode. No, I, not, this is a conversation that needs to wait until the off season. This is huge. Like, No, oh, I, I'm making a claim. I mean, I... 
just I'm just this is a little thing for next episode, a little trailer uh take, but it's gonna be a hot take. I think Alexander Madison has potential to make a claim to be Minnesota's running back. All right. You 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 claim that, man. I'm not <laughs> your I'm hot not take was also I'm... that your hot take was also that the Vikings defense was gonna hold the 49ers to less than seventeen points. These hey, takes are supposed to be hot. They're not all correct. Some, they're just hot. That's what I'm saying. It's a hot take for next episode. I think Dalvin Cook – I mean, not Dalvin Cook. Uh, Alexander Madison, when he has been our starting running back, often – you said it, offense looked good, uh, and he looks good. All right, and, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. We will see about that yeah. for sure. We're going to talk about it. Again, this loss, it's disappointing. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that it isn't disappointing. I'm going to be here – I'm going to be disappointed with all the rest of you, but we can move on. We have the Lions, we have the Steelers in the next two weeks, both very winnable games. And really, aside from Washington, all the teams that we needed to lose this week lost. We are not done with this thing yet. As far as the this is our year, oh, meter, I'm at a 70. I'm sticking with it. That's about where I was at last time. And maybe that's unpopular, but I'm not letting this loss bring me down too much. Like, I think we were expecting to lose at least one of these last three games with Chargers, Packers, and 49ers. Yeah. And the it's fact just, that we didn't expect to lose this one. So, like, I don't know. I don't really move from here. I'm not going to let it just bring me down every time we have a loss. I mean, I could, and I say that now, and I probably will again later in the future. I'm sure it will affect me much more than it should. But today, I'm sticking at a seven. 70, I suppose, because we do on a scale from 1 to 100, not 1 to 10. Yeah, I, I agree with you because, honestly, the O-meter, if you like give it a little more depth, the famous uh, Viking O-meter, is more of my O-meter, like when it hits 100, that's my confidence that we're making playoffs. And then a new meter will start when we hit playoffs. But, no, I agree. I don't think we lose too much. I mean, we're tied with the bottom seed in our uh, playoff bracket with Washington. Um, they lose next week. We win. We're back in the playoffs. Uh, and we still have a lot of season left. And I think we have two favorable weeks coming up. I mean, Detroit Lions and the Steelers the two games that I just feel like we are the edge team to win it. Uh, but, like, it's just, we got to, I just have a little bit of confidence in the team still. I know, like, I agree with you, Mikey. These Looking at these last three matchups, like, I'm pretty happy that we took two, two of the three. And I, in my opinion, we beat the two better teams of the three. Uh, my, this is our Euro meter is I, I'm, I'm a little more jaded. I feel like I, I have a very just sour taste in my mouth with the injuries, with everything going on with this team. There's a lot of talk, a lot of distractions. I have very little faith. I, and back down to a Sammy Hagar, I can't drive 55. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I don't blame you, though. Honestly, I don't blame you because I think I went into this one and even out of this game trying to actively not let it affect me too much just because I feel like a lot of times I just get too down after these games if we lose or I get too overhyped if we win. I just kind of try to look at it realistically and if i break it down how i do you know then make your but I, I i don't blame you i think that's probably also a very fair rating as well 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a spot that we're not in the playoffs right now, but we're not not in the race. I mean, literally, if they made that two, if Seattle made that two point conversion last night, we might still be in the playoffs. It's literally that is moments like that is. So I still think we we're very much in the hunt, and out of the teams that are sitting out of the playoffs right now that could be going in, I think we do look like one of the best. Agreed. So uh, this can move us to our next segment, our next newest segment. How hot is it? (laughs) And really, for me, this game as far as coaching, Mike Zimmer was outcoached. I mean, Kyle Shanahan proved to be the better coach this time. That doesn't necessarily warm up his seat at all, but I don't know. Like, it's still – it's same old Zimmer. He's got those weird – you know, clock management decisions, bad decisions, honestly. Um, I, th- though it's good to know, at least he gives Kirk Cousins permission to call timeouts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that it's really changed from, you know, the last time we talked about it. I mean, any loss, I would say, turns up the heat just a little bit. But I don't want to I don't want to overreact on this loss too much. As far as Zimmer goes, um, I think for how hot is it? I'm thinking like, hmm. I'm thinking a, you know, when you light a lighter and you're lighting a candle, but you you're at the wrong angle where you're uncomfortable to the touch. That's where I'm at right now. I'm, right, it's like your thumb is like stuck underneath the yep. flame or something like that. Yeah, you're like, ooh, ah. you have to like drop everything right away. I'm not that <laughs> right now. You know, like if he if he just is on this team for another like couple weeks, I might have a cow. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I agree. I don't know. I think it's a little hotter than that because um, how hot is it? I don't know. I feel like Zimmer. Because if he, if that challenge, if he would have won that challenge, I think people would have been like, okay, there you go. He did a little bit of a coaching. And I really did like the aspect that he trusted Thielen enough to challenge the play. Um, I don't know if you guys also saw a little bit of that, like, exchange. But there was, like, a Thielen on the field just saying, like, I caught that. I caught that. You should challenge it. So, and I agree with you, Mikey, letting Kirk call a timeout, I guess. But it's... I feel like it's something we haven't seen in the past with like QBs um, or other players on the field now that we've had them around so long. So I do think it, it's hot. It's kind of like hot enough where you're in your bedroom and they taught you that if there's a fire and you need to check how hot it is, put the back of your hand to the door and not touching the handle. Uh, I, I just imagine Zimmer right now in his bedroom on his hands and knees checking the door and seeing how hot it is. <laughs> No, like he he's afraid that it may be hot, and he's afraid to really check how hot yeah. it is. Yeah, he's. I think he's aware of all the pressure, but he's still kind of like, uh, I don't want to fully check it yet because his. It's going to be asked at the end of the season. Do we want to keep Zimmer around? Do we want to keep going with this? And he's got. He still has a lot to prove. Well, I, I better give you a metaphor too, and I just thought of one too. You know, okay. Do you ever like swim in like a? like an indoor pool or like an in-ground pool, you know, the, the big old light that's in on the side of the pool. 
<laughs> it's always yeah, yeah. hotter than you expect. The water is cold. It's just, it's a little bit warm. You can touch it, but you don't want to like hold on to it. No, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that is, I think that's accurate. <sighs> well, okay. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, there's just a lot, man. A lot to unpack and kind of go over with like the offense and the coordinating of this team. Because yeah. in my opinion, it has, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not the weakest point, but it's been one of the weakest points. I think defense this season has been absolutely not desirable. Yeah, atrocious, I think, is, yeah. a, is an appropriate word. I guess. Yeah, it's not been exactly what we hoped. And I know, like, at the very beginning of this season, we were saying, oh, it can't get worse than 2020. And it's not worse than 2020. But, like, it's not nearly as good as we were hoping for. No, I, think I, I was hoping for, you know, top 10 defense for sure. But, and, and that was at a minimum, just, you know, with the way our D line looked, the mm-hmm. only weakness was our, probably our right end as far as like before anybody played, that was the only spot that I thought was really a weakness. You know, obviously we hadn't seen, you know, Patrick Peterson or Bashad Breland with the Vikings when we signed them, but. I don't know. I don't know. It's just wasn't what we expected, but isn't that just to be expected? No, and I agree. And I think it's those players that weren't maybe as hyped coming into the season having that have been really showing out big. Like, I mean, I I love how much Griffin gives to this defense. And I think we really saw it in this game with how his, his presence, like our line is kind of, kind of paper thin. Well, Kerry, you've been talking about uh, Armand Watts a little bit throughout this season. He's been great. Yeah, he. I saw a couple, you know, highlights from him, and he's been, he's been, you know, sticking his arms up there. He's getting quick. He's he's moving a lot better. And you know, that's a guy that, like, you know, he's. I don't know where he's at in his contract, but you know, if he's if his contract's up after this year, I would look at trying to get him back. Agreed. I think uh, James Lynch is another guy who hasn't been too bad this year as well. He's been kind of a standout on that D-line. Yeah, I think he has a sack or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A penalty or two as well, but, you know, that's 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 going to happen. That's oh, did – yes. Um, I don't know. Did we talk about Christian Dersa and his injury in this last game? Uh, I mentioned it at the beginning, yeah, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that. What was that again? Just um, it, I don't know that we, – we don't have an official injury report out yet. But when we do, we will – if he's on the injury report, of course, we'll, we'll talk about it in the episode. I would assume that it's probably something with his groin again. But... I don't know. I thought it was ankle or leg because he was holding at that. It could, it could be that. But he, he, could have also, he could have also just been stretching out the groin. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? We will keep you updated when an injury report comes out. Uh, but around the league – we had a few other things go on and we may have mentioned some of this in the last episode because we had multiple games on Thursday because it was Thanksgiving. The, the bears beat the lions in the early window on Thanksgiving. The Raiders beat the Cowboys in a thriller that took overtime to find a winner, which that was, a, that was a very good game. Really, yeah. really impressive. Very entertaining. Um, and to end the holiday, the bills beat the saints and we hate the saints over here. So we're always happy about that. Uh, to start Sunday, the Bengals 
beat the Steelers in just a squash match. Huge. Uh, the Dolphins ended up getting the better of Cam Newton and the Panthers. And to make matters worse for them, Christian McCaffrey is out for the season. So uh, the Panthers might not really be looking to go anywhere. They were one of those teams that we had to look out for as far as uh, playoff picture. But I'm not really too worried about them at this point. No, I think we can count them out. Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit last week that it's only a matter of time before Cam Newton gets figured out again. Like, there's a reason why he wasn't the starting quarterback for the Patriots. And there's a reason that the Panthers got rid of him when they did. So, yeah, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be too optimistic if I was a Panthers fan. Um, you know, the Giants upset the Eagles also. They were beginning to get some momentum. And that was another one that we needed to happen. The Eagles are also still kind of right on our tails. So as long as we can stay ahead of them, we are, we're looking good. Uh, The Patriots beat the Titans. Patriots, Carrie, you said it. They're a team that I don't want to face right now. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we won't ever have to see them this season unless by some miracle of God we make the Super Bowl. But yeah, they, I I would be super worried. They're on a massive streak right now. Yeah, they are. I think it's Patriots, Ravens in the AFC Championship. I can see it. Honestly, that'd be be an interesting game. Two very different styles, but I'm here for it. Yep. Uh, My hot take. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, The Falcons beat the Jags in what ended up being the Cordero Patterson show. Don't remind me. That guy is he's something else. He's impressive. I'm really glad that he's finally being like utilized in a way that his talents can kind of shine through. That's awesome. Yeah, really cool. And I mean, I see we've been seeing the NFL evolve, especially with like players like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray in the QB position. I think players like Cordero Patterson and um Debo Samuel are going to evolve the wide wide receiver position into more of a running, a running, a, a running position. So yeah, he's doing some crazy stuff. Yeah, I hope so. Um, the Buccaneers beat the Colts in a big back and forth. Ended up being a big comeback victory. <laughs> it was a huge game. Uh, they were kind of able to bottle Jonathan Taylor quite a bit. So good for the Bucks. Uh, Tough that they're in our conference. Good thing we don't have to face them, though. Uh, the Jets beat the Texans in a game that had zero stakes. Two, two and eight teams. The Jets are now three and eight, and they are tied with uh, with the Seahawks. That's <laughs> just so weird. Um, the Broncos, who've been inconsistent all season, upset the Chargers. They have a habit of doing that, you know, going into these games that they have no no business winning, and then they just do by a lot. But uh, moving on from that, sadly, the Packers defeated the Rams, bringing the Packers' record to 9-3. and three. So, really, the Vikings' chance of taking the division, I know a couple of weeks ago we were saying it's not totally out, it's getting close. It is still not totally out, but it's getting there. They are finding ways to win. So, <sighs> it, it, you hate to see it. 
the Ravens beat the Browns in a very messy game offensively all around. Just nothing impressive there. Not good at all. Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions, and they still win the game. And to end the week, the Washington football team beat the lowly Seahawks to slide into the seventh seed, leaving the Vikings in the hunt once again. Yeah, I mean, it's this, – this is the weirdest NFL season, I think, just with how unpredictable everything has been and mm-hmm. all these upsets and just everything has just been really weird. Well, mm-hmm. Not even just that. I mean, there is no team in the NFL, maybe besides the Ravens right now, that – and maybe the Patriots the last couple of weeks – that are really showing off to be top teams because there's, I feel like you always have like at the end of the season, maybe like a, a 12 and four team or a 13 and three team. But honestly, I think at the end of the season, the best record might be like five losses or six losses just with how not six losses, but five losses probably it's a narrow margin. Like besides like the Detroit lions, everybody still kind of has somewhat of a shot at making playoffs. Yeah, I think I saw, and I'm not sure if it's accurate now, but it was in the middle of the week. I think 14 out of 16 teams in the NFC are still technically in the hunt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, kind of wild. No team is safe, really, though, which is kind of good. It's good for us yeah. being right in the middle. No team is safe from the Vikings as well. So... We, no, we can't forget that as much as it feels like the world is closing in on us. And sometimes it is the world is closing in on all the other teams as well. So like, we're not alone here. Is the era of the super teams in the NFL over? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I no, don't know. there, there will, there just hasn't been a standout one this year. The super teams will emerge, you know, they're, they're under the weather or I'm not under the weather under the radar teams in the NFL right now that, you know, I would expect teams like teams that have a lot of cap this off season are going to make some big moves. Cause there's going to be a lot of free agents roaming around, especially these older guys. Honestly, I think, is it, uh, I don't know if it was the New York jets, or the Detroit lions, but I think one of them has uh, Seattle's like draft pick. That is the jets. Yeah, and that's going to be like a top five draft pick. Yeah, they have the same record right now. So, yeah, I think that's funny that Seattle traded away their future to get Jamal Adams from the Jets, and now they just have the same record as them. Wow. You got to love it. (laughs) What a weird world. This is shaping up to be the Seahawks, I think, first losing season in Russell Wilson's career. No, I agree. I think, and honestly, in my opinion, I think – the biggest coach right now, honestly, that's probably on a hot seat is probably Pete Carroll. Yeah, I, I think he's on his way out. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see an entire an entire regime shift, including, you know, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. I said it a few weeks ago. I think Russell Wilson's on his way out. I don't think they'll lose both, but um, I don't know. I think the fan base really likes Russ, and I mean – Let's be honest. You're, it's going to be hard to find a wide receiver room as lethal as Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, it's true. 
But who knows? Anything can happen. It's the NFL, and it is 2021. So, yeah. All right. Do you guys have any other final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? No, I'd just... say get ready for 800 crazy hot takes next week for this Lions game. This yeah. one is a barn burner. Uh, this, be... one, this is one. Uh, I'll give you a hint here. We could see another wild take. Do you remember my Kirk Cousins 40-yard touchdown run? <laughs> yeah. We might be seeing another hot prediction like that. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, honestly, I think next week is going to be the week. We could... I'm, I'm going to save it for next episode. Can't we got we got to wait on these hot takes? Oh, okay. We're, we're gonna wait. That was what that was. Okay. We we so, can't just give them out now. That's true. That's true. We've got so much time, but we're just gonna wait. We're gonna wait and do it another time. Yeah, uh, that's how you yeah. get more views. Yeah. Well, come on back later on in the week for us to preview the Vikings versus the Lions. Um, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Facebook. The page's name is This Is Our Year, Minnesota Vikings Podcast, just like the name of the podcast that you're listening to right now. So if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sure that you're doing one of those things. Uh, if not, uh, make sure to follow us for updates. Follow us on Twitter at TIOY Vikings. Send us a message. Send us a question. Talk to us. Get in touch. We'd love to hear it. Amen. Uh, yeah. Skull. Meantime, I'm, I think you meant Skull, Carrie. Yes, sorry, skull, not amen. <laughs> In the meantime, we will talk to you later. See you skull. later, guys. See you guys.